Hello, and welcome to the 31st episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. And we are your Queen Bees. Your little less rested Queen Bees, if I may say so myself. Yeah, no, I'm tired. I didn't sleep well last night at all. I woke up um, in the middle of the night to use the bathroom and then couldn't go back to sleep because every time I laid my head down, I was like, this is probably what all those poor girls in Chi Omega looked like. When they were falling asleep. Um, and that upset me. And so... Understandably, I mean... Ted. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm less rested. Okay, well, first of all... a lot going on. Well, I mean, yeah, I do. But first of all, I have to say, I... I take back all my brags that I'm not afraid of... I'm not afraid of Ted Bundy because (laughs) I... Like, had one of the worst nightmares in terms of, like, it was hard for me to get past it when I woke up mm-hmm. at 2 a.m. Like, I I was like, okay, I'm in my bed. My husband is here. I am safe. But, like, I could not shake it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess subconsciously I'm much more afraid than I feel. Because <laughs> I haven't been afraid when I go to sleep. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, in my conscious mind, I'm doing all right. Yeah. But apparently my subconscious is like, nope. I also had listened to, like, one of the scariest mm-hmm. um, Generation Y episodes ever. And, like, it definitely creeped me out, but I was like, oh, well, whatever. So I think that combination before I went to bed was horrible. Yeah. I, I've been combining this with, like, some odd television. Not odd, but... Um, some prestige television that is a little bit darker. Oh, like what? Handmaid's Tale, first of all. Which, um, Rachel and I have started almost making it a rule that we don't watch it at night anymore. Mm -hmm. Because it's just really hard to... uh, The second season has been, I personally think, a lot darker than the first one. Like, the first season didn't really bother me very much. I haven't Um, seen any of it. Especially because there was a love interest I was really interested in in season one. So Mm. I just fixated all my energy on that. Yeah kind of pushed to the side and I also think I'd heard so much hype about the first season being so dark and upsetting that I was really bracing myself for something awful and it is awful but it like I built it up to be like Ted Bundy awful and it wasn't like as bad as I felt like it could have been thank god but the second season is really bad like there's some dark stuff that happens and so generally we try not to watch it after dark just because it's, like, right before bed, it's kind of an odd. Um, yeah. No, I was actually talking to um, the good friend of the podcast, Ari, about mm, this. Because mm-hmm. um, I had asked her if she listened to that episode of Generation Y. Mm-hmm. Which I should probably say what it is in case people are interested and want to um, torture themselves also like me. <laughs> um, the, uh, the episode is Daniel LaPlante. So, look it up if you dare. La Plant. I had never heard of it. Audrey Plants, Daniel. <laughs> Audrey, like you should never look I've, this up. No, never Google it. it I can't. Do... It will be everything that's your fear. <laughs> I can't do the home invasion. Well, it's... and then I like almost got myself to sleep. I was like, Ted Bundy's dead. He was electrocuted. And then my brain was like, Hey, remember that Luther episode where the guy's underneath the girl's bed and then stands over her for a while before he actually strangles her? Because okay. I sure do. You know, I'm actually just going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you, like, 
quickly and without oh, yeah, too fine. many details. I just, I feel like it's really teasy if I don't. <laughs> Basically, like, he actually didn't murder these people, so, like, let that, let this be a comfort to you. And I don't know about comforting. Well... <laughs> I'm not sure what I would basically. Prefer. Basically, this guy, like, so he's a weirdo, and mm-hmm. he essentially catfished this girl who he had been stalking. Like, he called her up and was like, oh, um, I have this friend that, like, I think you'd really like, and, like, this is what he's like. And then, like, he showed up on the date, and it's like, you are nothing like your Tinder profile, <laughs> sir. Um, like, he's just kind of, like, a weird loner, like, kind of email-looking guy. Mm-hmm. And... Like, on the date, like, he found out, like, a couple of things about this girl, like, the fact that, like, her mom had died that year, and, like, it was still cope. she was still coping with it, but then I think the girl, th- halfway through the date, was like, you know what, like, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. You misrepresented yourself, you're <laughs> creeping me out, I'm out. Mm-hmm. So, she leaves the date halfway through, they don't, like, really think much of him, and then it, it turns out, like, he broke into their house... And they caught him breaking into the house. Like, and the police came. I'm probably getting some details wrong, guys, but like, I, it's, it's like. Listen it's, to the episode. This if you is want like a, this is this like, is a, like the retelling. This is like a ghost story, basically. <laughs> like, think of it that way. I think it's this campfire lore, yeah. except it happened. <laughs> so he, um, he's caught, the police come, but then they, like, the police never find him. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, like, he had hidden himself Mm-mm. in, like, they say, like, it was, like, behind a dresser, but, like, I get the sense that it was, like, in a crawl space, basically. So, like, he's, like, kind of in the walls. I, like, he's definitely in the walls because of what I'm going to tell you next. No, no. So, then uh, the girls try to have a seance to connect with their sure. dead mother. And Daniel the plant is living in their walls. And so, like, while they're... It just... I just... Not to interrupt you, but it's... Like you said, Daniel the plant is living. <laughs> he like essentially is nickname. a plant. He basically is a plant. Growing he's, in low light. Yeah, like, growing with no light. And, like, just... He just only comes out when everyone's gone and, like, eats food from their fridge. Like, he's just, like... Anyway. Um, so, he hears like he hears everything going on in the house basically and so he hears them having the seance Mm -hmm. and then he like starts knocking on the walls to like respond so they like think it's a sign and that's very rude daniel yeah it's horrible to mislead them about contacting their spirit mom then the next thing that happens is he comes out of his crawl space and he's wearing the mother's wedding dress. No! Oh my god, yes. Norman Bates! Oh my god, can I just say, the movie Psycho, I was so damn cocky about that movie. I don't think I've seen that movie. You will really like it. I it's would. really good, but it, like, I thought, I was like, oh, this movie's old. It's not actually gonna be scary. And I watched it after babysitting, like, very late at night in my parents' house, and my dad came in. And was like, what on earth? Why are you watching Psycho at like 11 p.m. when everybody's about to go to sleep and you're going to have to turn off all the lights and go upstairs by yourself? And I was like, Dad, whatever. I don't even think it's going to be scary. Wrong. (laughs) I was so scared. (laughs) Well, I was so scared after this episode. But he does then go on to murder a family with children. So, like, that's... Yeah. Daniel. Yeah. Um... So wait, he just, 
after he came out in the wedding dress, what happened? They just called the police, or? Yeah, I think that, like, he, I think he gets arrested for it. No, 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 I'm wrong. He flees again, and, like, at that point, he doesn't return back to, like, the crawl space, because now he's been found out, Mm -hmm. but, um... In the meantime, while he's in hiding, that's when he murders his other family. What? And then he's caught for that later. I like I don't know. Great question. I'm sure we'd all like to know. Daniel. But the big the big controversy about Daniel Plant though is that he was a minor, and so there like was a coal miner. No, like he was under oh, under under 18. age. He was not a coal miner, although he did clearly like not need much no, sunlight or oxygen, yeah. but um. Yeah, so there was question of, like, whether they could actually give him a life sentence. Oh, um, yes. Because he had been given three consecutive life sentences, and so, like, I think the minimum he could have spent in jail was 45 years, I think. Fair. Um, and, like, there was all this question of, like, whether or not that was, like, legal, basically. Um, and he did. I think he did serve all i think he died in prison i can't remember it doesn't matter jesus but um i will say that um that while terrifying and definitely a nightmare of mine is not like it doesn't push like all of my buttons the idea of somebody living in the walls to me is horrible see my thing about that is like they're living in the walls but as long as they're not watching me while i'm sleeping or something then it's like i don't obviously want them there at all and (laughs) it is horrible but it's not the worst it could be. Like, to me, the worst is, like, um, like in the fall where he's in their houses, like, while they're out. And he's, like, creeping around. Like, like it's creepy to me when it evolves from, I'm just here listening to what they're saying, to starting to shadow them. And you don't know that the person is there. Oh, he does that in the fall? Yeah, well, okay, like, I never, like, I told you, I never finished the fall. He does it should. a little bit, um, but not usually on quite on purpose, but, like, typically before he'll kill the women, he likes to spend a lot of time in their house first, and he'll, like, while they're out, he would, like, set out, like, a like a lingerie set, Ew. and so they would come home and basically know that somebody had been there, but they weren't there, um, and then obviously, like, watching you sleep or something. Basically, it's like, don't mess me th- with me in the shower, don't mess with me when I'm sleeping, The like, that's... The home invasion coupled with that is, those are my main buttons. I think for me, it's the fact that he's listening to everything they say. Well, it's like, what is he going to do with that? Okay, but like, think about Pretty Little Liars and A. <laughs> they would do everything with that. They would have everything they but need. I don't think Daniel had many plans. He, he was not LaPlant. Not LaPlant. <laughs> <laughs> that was too easy. Um, yeah, anyway. Um... Daniel LaPlante, everybody. Yeah. That is creepy, though. I wouldn't have wanted to listen to that before bed, that's for certain. Yeah, well, I think especially combined with, like, the Ted Bundy stuff, I think the... Well, it's almost like you see, like, Ted Bundy is also... It's like, that is where Daniel was headed. Because it's like, if you're just chilling in someone's walls and listening to their conversations and eventually dress up in somebody's wedding dress, you're headed nowhere good. Like, eventually, that's not going to be interesting enough for you. But I think also, for me, like, Daniel LaPlante strikes me as somebody who would not have been able to blend in 
like mm-hmm. Ted Bundy. Like, I think the thing mm-hmm. that's scary about Ted Bundy is that he can seem normal. He would have tricked me, 100%. He probably would have tricked me, too. Although, let me just say, I would not have followed his game as long as Miss Anne ruled us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, I like to believe that on the beach, if he had some crutches and stuff and was like, can you help me with my sailboat? I'd be like, no. You don't need to be in sailing no. when you're on crutches. How are you going to move the jib boon? That's the only sail word I know. I don't, I've never heard that <laughs> word in my life. Um, also, Daniel LaPlante is not a serial killer, even though he has killed three people he's a spree killer Mm, that makes sense so just to whereas ted is straight serial um indeed i also so we're starting i think i realized why i didn't think ted bundy would scare me because we're starting to get to the trial phase because where we kind of ended he's been arrested for the last time well and we know he's not going to kill anybody else now so we can relax Yes. Well, and it's because, like, Ted Bundy would say clever things. Like, one person asks him, like, how come they put those, like, really intense, like, arm shackles, or, like, leg shackles on you? And he was like, oh, I have a problem with my leg. They move too fast. <laughs> yeah, they run away. Do yeah, you and you're like, okay, yeah. like, you know, what an <clears throat> idiot. But I... then when you're confronted with, like, all the awful shit he's done, he's not as fun anymore. <laughs> well, actually, I was going to say also that like Charles Manson was I mean horrible 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 Mm -hmm. but also pretty fun 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 you know like (laughs) he had a fun courtroom demeanor he did I don't not find Ted as fun (laughs) like what a monster that Charles Manson clearly was and a sociopath well I think I think what actually though Charles Manson wasn't also, like, that smart, whereas I think Ted Bundy is more smart. And so, like, I just, I worried more about, I worry more about Ted Bundy getting away with it than I do about Charles Manson. Yeah. Like, Charles Manson is, like, exasperating the judge. He's exasperating every, (laughs) his own lawyers. Like, he just is, like, super arrogant and, like, whatever, whereas with Ted Bundy, it's, like, he's getting all that he asks for. Charles Manson had started to believe he had his own reality. Yeah. Like, he would answer shit like, that is true to me in my own reality. Which is a fun thing to say. Which, um, just... But then, you also have to wonder, like, he was also playing with them. Like, I don't think that Charles Manson fully believed everything he was saying. I think he was, like, playing into everyone's image of him. And, like, I think he was smart enough. Like, he wasn't schooled the way Ted Bundy was. Like, Ted Bundy's getting these psychological tests, and he's like... LOL, like, I know what you're looking for. Right. He's like, they say I'm normal. I'm like, oh, no. Well, (laughs) yeah. Ted Bunny, like, he's just, like, he's a smug dick, though, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, when they ask him, like, hey, Ted, why do you keep stealing, like, Volkswagen Beetles? Like, what's, like, what's your thing with them? He's like, it's got great gas mileage. Oh, also, like, you, you can take horrible. that passenger seat right on out. To put cargo, a.k.a. Yeah. women, in your car. <laughs> yeah, they were like, to put bodies in there? And he was like, I don't like that term. I prefer Let's cargo. cargo. <laughs> I also God. like that he, I, I mean, we're skipping way ahead. We're so ahead. But, yeah. um, he, like, clearly 
where we are, like, wants to kind of get it all off his chest. Or maybe he thinks, like, I'm not going to get away anymore, so it's a better move to act like I'm, like, distraught over the weight of what I've done. And he's like, I don't want to lie to you, but if you keep asking those questions, you're going to make me have to. (laughs) Because he doesn't want to admit that he actually did kill these women. And they're like, so did you kill them? And it's like, well, I don't want to lie, but I also will not tell you the truth. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you're not under oath, Ted. You can say whatever you want. Um, Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, okay, let's do, like, a quick summary of, like, what has happened from where we are. So I'm just, like, I'm going to start on it. Please interrupt me as you see fit. So we basically start with Ted escaping. Yes. Right. So, the, so he escapes twice. The first time is from Colorado. Yeah, he's both in Colorado. Times are both times. Colorado. Yeah. Okay. So the first time he's about to go into court, and <laughs> instead of going into court, he jumps through a like what like what a two story window. window. Yeah. yeah. My favorite part about that story. So basically, Ted has been doing working up to this for a while. Yeah. Because he sweet-talked all, like, he got on good terms with all the cops. Like, they all liked him. He got to use the law library. He didn't have to have shackles when he was in there. Um, he convinced them to let him walk by the river, so he got the lay of the land. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I also like that before he even did this, they were like, yeah, I mean, sometimes he would just stare out the window and then look at us, basically just check if we were looking. Or, like, he'd walk over to a woman and just stand near her to see what we would do. You fucking weirdo. Like, please stop. Such a weirdo. But then he jumps out this window, a woman sees him, and then goes inside and says, Hey, um, I saw someone jump out the window over Is that, that normal? Is that normal? What do you no, think? No, it's not normal. It's not at all normal. I don't know what was going on in Aspen in the 70s, but I <sighs> can bet that unless they were doing a lot of, what was that thing they did in the CIA called in the 60s? Um, oh shit, what is that called? Agent, um, not oh. Agent Orange. Um, oh, oh, oh. Are you talking about the brain stuff? Yeah, that, where they um, would do like L- LSD and C. Are you talking about like what the Unabomber did? No. Oh. I don't think so. Like that program that the CIA would put you through where they like yeah, keep yeah, giving yeah, you yeah. drugs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in that. Um, um, what was that called? Now I have to Google Brendan would know. Brendan! <laughs> <laughs> he never hears us down I there. know. He... <laughs> this will be the one time. It's called, like, um, there's somebody, like, screaming it at home. I know. Brendan! Hello! I'll, I'm gonna, <laughs> furiously Googling. I'm gonna call him. CIA. Oh, wait. Did you hear that? Maybe. I heard, like, a creak down there. CIA. Opera. Hey, Brendan, we need you for just a quick second. <laughs> yeah, come on up. <laughs> He said, you need me with incredulity. <laughs> hey, Brendan, um, what was that thing, <laughs> what was that program called um, in the CIA where they, like, would give them LSD and drugs That the Unabomber was in? Um, MKUltra. Yes! Yes, yes. Oh, thank you. That's all we needed. Now that you're, like, seated and comfortable. <laughs> Brendan just got seated and comfortable, like, on. <laughs> He's so happy. All right, toodaloo. <laughs> Say hi to the listeners. Hi, everybody. It's B. <laughs> All right. All right. See you later. Thanks, Bye. Brendan. 
MK, MK Ultra. Ultra. Yeah. So unless they were doing a lot of MK Ultra in Aspen. MK Ultra is not a drug that you do though. No, no, no. But I mean, like if they were doing that testing. Oh. Like apparently there are stories of people jumping out of windows after do- after being a part of MK Ultra. Okay, I believe that. Isn't that what Eleven's mom was supposed to be part of too? Oh, maybe. I think so. And uh, from Stranger Things. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. <clears throat> But so he escapes, and then he goes into the mountains and can't hack it. So he kind of just drives himself back. Yeah, I mean, he, like, just didn't do, like, a great job of planning. He, like, broke into a couple people's vacation homes. I'm not sure if he was great with maps. He spent spent a whole night in the wilderness. It was freezing cold. He was like, this was not for me. (laughs) So So he basically goes back to jail. Um, although he does watch, like, he goes back to that old house that he had stayed in and watches the police, like, going through it and, like, behind a bush. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Ted. Um, anyway, so then he's caught again. And then the second time, it's, like, a a bit more of, like, an escape from Alcatraz thought-out plan. So he loses a bunch of weight. Mm -hmm. Like, he diets down to, like, what, what is he, like, 140 pounds or something? Yeah, something like that. Um, and how tall is he? He's, like... He's, like, at least six six feet. I guess. Yeah, so that's, I mean... So he's real spindly. I mean, like, my goal weight is about 140, (laughs) so... uh, That's, like, that's definitely Tim Burton spindly. (laughs) Um, He... Like, somehow, somebody... He buys a hacksaw off somebody in prison Mm -hmm. who he will not reveal. Probably with the money Anne Rule keeps sending him. (laughs) I know. Anne Rule just gives him 10 bucks a letter. How she can barely feed her children. I'm like, well, then stop sending Ted 20 bucks, like, every two weeks. I know. Yeah. So, anyway, so he, 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 like, saws a hole in the ceiling but uh-huh. does it so carefully that you can replace the tile back mm-hmm. and then like practices like going through the pipes I guess in the yeah, or knows? something like she's just like shimmying around shimmying around the walls looking for a good exit strategy he finds one like in one of the prison guards apartments I guess like they live in the jail too yeah which bummer yeah um and so, but he keeps testing it, though, where, like, he'll go hide up there for hours and sees if anyone notices. Like, yeah. they don't. Because he also had been not eating his, like, food Breakfast, for a while yeah. so that people wouldn't notice. Like, they wouldn't notice anything. It wouldn't be abnormal that he hadn't, like, taken his breakfast tray. Mm-hmm. And then he puts all of his legal papers for his defense in his bed, and they think, like, that's his, like, sleeping body in there. Mm-hmm. It's not. He's gone. Um... He, like, steals a bunch of clothes from that poor prison guard. And, yeah. And, like, he hides his guns and, and he rolls. Walks rolls out. out the front door. Steals a bunch of cars. Yeah. Drive, or fly, no, I think he gets on a plane. He gets on a plane. Like, I'm sorry, like. What were the laws TSA had, TSA did not exist back then. No, it didn't. I bet you didn't even need an ID to fly. I don't think he probably did. Rolled just, up. You just buy a ticket with cash there. <laughs> I mean, they did at first. Um, find him like his uh, when he was in Utah they found him with a quote unquote escape kit hiding behind a bush he had like they the geniuses at that prison allowed him to work in the printing area yeah. so he was just printing himself social security cards I know and new IDs I know so then um, then like things get horrible yeah he goes to Tallahassee which 
I will say, I don't think that that part was paced appropriately because I thought that he was in Tallahassee for like months before he killed those girls. He was there for 16 days. Or he wasn't mm. even there for 16 days. He was in Tallahassee. Like he had escaped from prison 16 days ago. Well, and it's kind of interesting because the book itself opens up on Ted Bundy in Florida. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where it starts. Yeah. Is, like, he's just, like, become free and set up his, like, fake identity. And mm-hmm. so, like, yeah, it does feel like he's been there for an age. Yeah. it's, like, really, like, he's hardly had time to settle in before he can't help himself and murders a whole sorority house. Yeah. Or tries to murder a whole sorority. Can you imagine being the den mother? Is that what they're called? House mom. Whatever. What's a den mother? That's a thing. I think those are like the moms that are like with the, with the brownies and the Girl Scouts and. Oh, okay. And like there, I think there's like den, the den fathers are. um, For Boy Scouts? For Boy Scouts. Okay. Whatever. I think you could be a den mother for Boy Scouts. But. Who knows? God knows. Anyway, can you imagine being that house mom? Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. I lived in an L-shaped sorority house. And the thing, like, reading that was also partially, like, part of why it was so chilling is because having lived in a sorority house, that would have been so easy for him to do. I mean, we had an alarm system that, like, if you yeah, type in the code. But how many people are actually locking the door at night? No, it, like, automatically. But, okay, so if you didn't, if a girl had forgotten to set the code at night, um... Then, because usually what we would do is, like, by 8 o'clock or so, or, like, 10 o'clock on weekends, the code was supposed to be set so that if you opened the door at all, um, you would have to type in the code or the alarm would go off. Okay. Because a lot of drunk girls would come into the house and not know the code because only girls who lived in knew, knew the code and set it off. So what happens if it gets set off? Just, um, like, I goes think loud? Do the police come? So um, I think if it goes off for long enough, I think like a call goes to the house mother or the police do come, but it never, we never let it go off long enough. Cause usually we'd be like, what the fuck? Okay. Turn it off. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would just be like incredibly easy to creep up the back stairs and you're like in the bedrooms. I think that I, I thought and we never lost. I thought that doors. this section, the actual like sorority house murder section, was like one of the best done parts of this book because mm-hmm. the way that she lays it lays it out is that you don't know, you still don't even know what you're gonna find behind each door. So like, oh you're, exactly, like, yeah. Like you basically, I thought he'd killed all of those girls. Well, you're seeing it from the perspective of one girl who who sees him. Yeah. And so, like, she has no idea what's happened. So, like, the first thing she sees is, like, two of her friends who basically are, like, bleeding profusely from the head but are still alive. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they sort of, like, go checking, like, the next doors and, like, mm-hmm. you know, where's, oh, wait, there's, like, one other girl. We haven't seen her yet. Mm-hmm. Like, that sort of watching it unfold as you go. Like, you don't know what the heck you're going to find. Yeah. And or even which rooms he's been in. Because, it, like, she plots it. She shows us, like, the nights of a lot of the girls that were in the Chi Omega house. Yeah. Um, and, like, shows, like, this is partially because the timeline becomes very important mm-hmm. for, like, you know, I mean, in most cases of murder, the timeline becomes important for tying someone to a crime. 
but she like shows this is when like these girls got home and they noticed that this was this way and like that that's when like these girls got here and like this is what they were doing and blah 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 blah. Um, but it's horrible. The murders are incredibly brutal. Um, I mean, not that the other ones weren't, but mm-hmm. I think it's also that he's doing. It, he's just rampaging in public now. That it's not like he he. It's not like he just like you know ferreted away one of the girls from the house. Not just, but I mean, he was like just. Well, and I think it's also the idea of, like, being beaten, essentially, with a log in the head and surviving. But, like, these girls, like, literally, like, if you imagine, I mean, Anne Rule, like, really graphically describes, like, all of the injuries that all of the girls have dead and alive. And it is, it is horrible. Yes. Like, but, like, just imagine, like, it's, like, they have lost so many teeth. Like, their jaws are broken. Like, their skulls are fractured. Her teeth were permanently loosened. Uh, yeah, I and guess. And she like, had to get, like, a pin in her jaw, I yeah. guess. I mean, th- I guess that's better than losing your teeth, though. I mean, I don't know. Veneers? Well, maybe they didn't have those in the 70s. Yeah, I think you just, like, got, got, got dentures. dentures. Yikes. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah. and then he, as if that's not enough for him, he goes over to this apartment building that's, like, a couple of doors down from where he's been living and these girls on the top floor hear like a banging noise or like a thumping and they're like oh this is really weird and they call one of their idiot boyfriends and he's like just go back to bed i'm sure it's fine thanks for and nothing exactly Dump him. because they're smart cookies they are like hey we have a security check system where it is the law that we answer the phone at all times to make sure like if we're home to make sure we're okay and they knew she was home, and they called, and nobody answered, and they were like, we're calling the police. And that's when he, like, busted out of there. Well, also, even if she isn't home... And she survived! Yeah, barely. <sighs> but she wouldn't have if they would just gone back to sleep. I know. I know. Well, yeah, and I love, like, the police response, because the police have now found the sorority house, and so mm-hmm. when they get the next call, like, there are 15 squad cars <laughs> that show up. They just send one. Yeah, um... So anyway, so Ted, Ted is still on the run and, like, continues to, like, pull this crap. I mean, it's, like, also hard for me to even, like, there's so many attempted victims or, or, like, people he tried to get that he doesn't get. And it's hard for me to remember, like, which ones he actually, like, got in the end. But it, I think mm-hmm. that there's just one more after that, right? Yeah, because he, he had tried to pick up this 14-year-old girl. Who's the daughter of a cop. Yeah, who he was who didn't feel right about what happened he was like my daughter was safe but it's my job to protect everyone's daughter I was like oh I love him you I love all the cops me too (laughs) when Ted was like dumb cops he's like how dare you well guess what they're not 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 that dumb because guess what you will be executed Ted by electric chair I googled it that's a rough way to go he deserves it he does deserve it Feelings um, on the death penalty, which I don't know what mine are, aside. He deserves it. So generally I'm against it, but I I every once in a blue moon. I, I lean toward against, but I understand being I, in favor. You know what though? Especially with people who have proven to escape. Like yeah. I'm like, you know what? Maybe we should put them down. Yeah. 
They're done. Yeah, you're done. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, he ends up then killing a 12-year-old, which, like... Which the most chilling part of that to me is, because I was kind of, I re- literally wrote, why would he do this? This isn't really his M.O. And then the next paragraph is saying, so during when Ted Bundy was out on bail, he and Ann Rule had like several whiny lunches, not like wine, like the drink, not like, not like him whining about shit. I mean, he did complain a lot, but but they would just like drink a lot of Chablis. Yeah. He like, apparently like he loved good wine. That's like a fact about him. I'm like, yuck, Ted, you, you don't deserve this. Um, but, like, of course, like, you know, you, it's not enough to just be a murdering narcissist sociopath. Yeah. You have to also be bougie about wine. <laughs> God. And food. Yeah. He's Ugh. like, I can't help it that I like nice things. All he does is complain I about... I tried to live... <laughs> I tried to live a small life, but I just wanted a racquetball court and, like, materials. I hate the jello in prison. It's, it's either... It's never cold, even. <laughs> it's always room temperature. Like, Ted... So anyway, so Ted's out on bail um, for the suspected on charges of kid- aggra- aggravated kidnapping and, like, potential murder. Like, Washington, yeah. Utah, and Colorado are all liking him for these murders. Yeah. Um, and he's talking to Ann Rule, and he's like, you know what? I planned a whole afternoon for Meg's daughter and Meg's friend, and her, her mom wouldn't let her go. The friend's daughter. Like, or the friend's mom wouldn't let her go. What does she think? I'm going to attack her daughter? Yes! yes! That's what everyone thinks. <laughs> and and so, they're right. <laughs> well, and so in the um, the next paragraph after it says that this girl was 12 years old, that he lured away from this school, it was like the same age as Meg's daughter and the little girl whose mother wouldn't like allow to go out for hamburgers with him. So it's like I'm not sure if that was a direct correlation in his mind, but I mean it might have been. That's awful. Yeah, I mean, I just... Th- this part is just odd. It's, it's like, very odd to me because... Although, it's I guess it is not n- that different from his MO because, like, remember at the beach, like, he t- killed two girls within, like, hours of each other. Mm-hmm. So it's not that... Like, I think he just strikes when opportunity offers itself, and I think he's like, well, like, I got myself a smorgasbord here. Yeah. And it's, like, with the, with the last two girls who are the ones who are hit in the head repeatedly it's like those were like i think that ann rolls like these were the afterthoughts like the real like ones that he wanted and like got exactly what he wanted from the ones that he killed it's like he was like well here's like just a bonus which yeah fuck you ted bundy or like i wonder if they had started to wake up and so he was like uh maybe for good measure um but yeah Uh, fuck you ted bundy jesus christ I did like that one cop's theory. We didn't talk about it last time, but I really liked that one cop's theory that some serial killers kill almost on a menstrual cycle. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes. He was like, I wonder if that, you know, that's the timing of, you know, they the feelings in them, like, start to really build up. Yeah. Ooh. Tell me more. Yeah, tell me more about that menstruation. <laughs> um. I also like that Anne's mom sent her a clipping of yes, the Anne's murders mom. and was like, hey, this seems a lot like what Ted was accused of. Your and friend Ted. Dumb Anne, who has a background in police work and detective writing, was like, there's just no way. Well, 
I just, I, I have to believe and I have to hope that Anne was just looking for her payout with this. Like, mm. like I, I want to think. But she offers to share the profits with him at one point. Because she's like, obviously I'm going to have to write about you in the book, but I can give you like a cut of what I make. Yeah, but that's like standard. And I think, and I think she's also thinking that Ted might not agree. And so she's got to sweeten the pot. Like, I like, I try to, I want to think that Anne basically is like, all right, like, this, this book, this guy's, number one, this guy's absolutely guilty. Like, I don't know how she has any doubt in her mind still. But I would respect her more if she was honest about that in the book. Where she was like, I was pretty sure that he was guilty, even though I found that shocking. But, like, I exploited our relationship. Because this just, like, makes her seem wishy-washy wishy-washy I agree and it's like so it's either that she was doing that or that it's like she just like absolutely could not reckon because I understand not being able to reconcile the Ted that she knew who by all accounts was a good person he like helped people on a suicide hotline and made sure she got safely to her car and wrote her like nice Christmas cards yeah however I would also she wasn't close enough that's exactly what I was gonna say like I would be more sympathetic it's like let's say this is her brother Mm -hmm. and like you just can't you can't like move into believing that he's guilty but like this is not like he's not even a close friend or like he's an acquaintance I would say like yeah like the accused Joseph D'Angelo like his poor children like I would totally understand them being like yeah, I mean, the evidence is pretty clear that he did it, but he's my dad, and so I don't really know what to do. Right. And so we still but, visit him. But with Anne, well, right, well, and that's, like, that is 100% different and 100% different. Whereas with Anne, like, they get closer after he's been arrested. Like, they had, like, basically gone to one Christmas party together and worked suicide hotline together. Yeah, they kind of lost touch. Yeah. And then he gets arrested, and he's like, Anne, I don't and then she she pulls out every stop for him. And so I have to think. And it's like calling cops for favors for Ted. Like that, what I don't understand is, I wonder if any of the cops were like, Anne. I have to think No yes. more. Like we're not doing favors for Ted Bundy. Although I think the cops also saw Anne as a tool to mm-hmm. use in order to like potentially break Ted Bundy. I mean, I think that for some reason, <laughs> Ted... And I think part of it was her relationship with the police. Well, I think it's that. And I also think, like, Anne almost becomes, like, the mother that Ted Bundy wanted. Like, a mom who, like, had her children at the appropriate time mm. with a father. And, like, that kind of felt, like, their relationship fell apart. But, like, not, like, quote, unquote, like, because it was Anne's fault mm-hmm. or whatever. And she was, like, very nurturing to him and gave, like, very good relationship advice and so he sees her as like a mother figure who didn't like pretend that but Anne, she was his sister. Anne is also an extreme enabler of everything that Ted does wrong. Like I mean let's not even like talk about the murders at this point. Let's talk about the fact that Anne is actively covering for him for the fact that he has two different girlfriends. Or that when Meg finally like fully pulls away from him he's like I really just want to send her one rose like commemorating the day that we met. And Anne fucking and does it. She goes out of her way to do it, and Ted does the best. 
pay for it. She's like, Ted never offered to pay me for the rose. I was like, well, that's what you get. But like, I, I don't know. I also, I have to wonder too. Like, leave Meg alone. She's finally like gotten the strength and the courage. Cause like no part of me, um, like in this part, we learn a lot of what Meg knew and like, or did no, we I think we, the I think, yeah, we talked about that before where like, there's no part of me that blames Meg for her because it's like, if you're in an intimate relationship with someone who is a sociopath, right? He has completely put her under his spell. Yeah. Like, well, he's also undermined her self-confidence at every possible turn. Absolutely. And, and so I think and she isolated her from literally every single person. Like she, he gaslights her all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so she thinks, like, oh, he was cheating on me, but, like, even if he is, I don't want to know about it because he's the best I'll ever do. And, like, and she says, you know, without Ted, I really don't have anyone. Like, Lynn and I don't talk very much anymore, which is, once again, another reason why female friendship is very important. It's very, very fucking important. And if your friend is in a bad relationship with someone who you believe is a sociopath, you need to still be friends with them, even if they try to pull away from yeah, I, I, I also have to wonder, it's, like, if it's not the money or, like, the possibility of this, like, story unfolding in, like, an amazing way where she gets to, like, have this amazing role with all of this primary source documents and whatever, mm-hmm. like, is, is it possible that, like, potentially she had some kind of, like, obsession with Ted that goes beyond just, like, friendship? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be like you were having an affair with Ted. I don't believe yeah. that to be true, but I do potentially believe that she was very charmed by him, enjoyed yeah. his attention and mm-hmm. the poems that he sent her, and also just liked the way that she felt as like this nurturing force in his life. Yeah, like she felt valued and needed. By, yeah. Well, and she even admits that he manipulated her. Well, no shit. <laughs> Um, Ted also at one point says, I love Meg spiritually. What does that mean? Which is so offensive to me. (laughs) Because this is around, you know, one of the times that he's also having a very serious relationship with Sharon. Mm. Who's, like, coming to see him all the time. And it's just, like, the ultimate, like, fuckboy thing to say. Like, I think I would murder someone if they said, I love you spiritually. Like, I'm, are you I mean, serious? We've been together for six years? Spiritually? Okay. I just, like, honestly don't even know what that means, though, either. Like, like if what? men killed him, I wouldn't convict her? No. I don't think any court in America could. <laughs> no. I just didn't, like, thank God that he never got his hands on his her on her daughter, too. Like, I that, know. like, honestly, like... Well, it was probably very confusing for but her daughter. But you know what? Anne probably would have been like, sure, Ted, take my daughter out for a Coca-Cola or yeah. whatever. I mean, like, Anne just, like, like see, thinks he can do no wrong. Yeah, no, But totally. then, like, later on when we get to the point where, like, he's ready to confess, then Anne's like, I always knew that this was what that, that call was about before. And I'm like, did you, Anne? Yeah. Because you've been struggling with the And back- then you still sent him $10 in Florida. I know. Maybe she liked being the star. Like, maybe maybe she liked, like, the police needing her and Mm -hmm. Ted. Like, she liked her intermediary role. Like, the FBI was, like, guarding her in Los Angeles. 
she's like writing a screenplay. I mean, I guess maybe I can see why she's going to keep this guy around. He's yeah. like, he's our golden goose. But then like be a little bit more upfront about that instead of acting like you are like so conflicted and like seeing a therapist about like what you're doing and like what you should be doing and like you love Ted and care about him and it's just very strange. But like I guess I guess for me why are you letting somebody into your life who was like not a close person after they have potentially committed a couple mm-hmm. of murders? Like to me it's like that's not somebody I would like to you know, keep in touch with or like now really make them a a main BFF in my life. Yeah. Or, like, someone I was going to become financially involved with, either. Yeah. God. Damn. Um, also, so what's amazing to me about his crimes in general is that they're so vicious and rage-filled, and yet he almost never leaves any trace of himself behind. Like, what, was he wearing some sort of body bag all the time? Well, usually there's a couple of curly hairs behind. I also think, like, you have to remember that, like, Forensics weren't as good now. Well, that's when they start talking about the um, the semen stain mm-hmm. in Cheryl. It was in Cheryl's apartment, um, and how they were like trying to run all these like electrophoresis treatment. I was like, why didn't they just run his DNA? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, shit. yeah. God, they're just like, oh, he's O positive, which is like everyone else. Yeah, or O negative is, is O negative. Which like one? A secretor, which I was like, gross. Well, they had that. Apparently, like, 85% of people. Yeah, well, the the um, Golden State Killer is a non-secretor. Mm. And that was, like, one of the ways that they were able to connect a lot of his crimes before they even had DNA. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they solved any crimes beyond a reasonable doubt before DNA. I feel like it's more of a gut feeling in that sense. Or you're Ted Bundy and you confess. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Um, I mean, like, think about Broadchurch, though, too. It's, like, it, just because you can come out with an outlandish possibility, like, does that mean that you've solved it with, on a, with a, like, beyond a reasonable doubt, I guess? It's, right. like, just because you can create some, like, wacko scenario that is physically possible. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, that becomes more of the jury decides what a reasonable doubt means. Well, and I think the defense can offer another story that like or let me present option b and it's technically plausible then you can't convict them beyond a reasonable doubt but i think well but i think you can though because i think that's where the reasonable comes in <clears throat> oh that's you true. know what i mean like i think it's not it's not beyond any doubt yeah it's beyond a reasonable doubt and so that's you true. have to decide whether or not what the defense is positing is actually reasonable yeah, and that's so true. I, well, broad church, none of that shit was reasonable. I don't know what they're up to in those British courts. I mean, they have a different system than us. Clearly, so we, can't, we can't speak on it. But you can't just say. And when did you start having an affair with what? Like, you can't just present a four. No, that conclusion. would be like object. <laughs> I kept being like, how is this allowed? Yeah, no, you can't do that. Different rules up there. Yeah. Um, no wonder we had to break away. We were all in jail. <laughs> These defense attorneys were just shouting possibilities. I mean, that's, like, literally what Australia says, but yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. 
freaking Ted. I'm looking for it. I like now that he's like, I just think that it's very important that I go to a sanitarium where I can be studied. Because I'm not special. Mm-hmm. Very special. Very special indeed. Also, like... I only stole what's necessary to me. A television set you know, and I, racquetball. Equipment. I never stole from somebody who was poor. I also never stole from somebody who clearly cared about their car and had... <laughs> Had souped it up. Yeah, had done nice things to it. I gave that car back. I parked it a few blocks away from where I'd <laughs> That girl's like, what the fuck? <laughs> that would be chilling. You're like, my car is gone. Oh, it's over here? Why? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, in a parking lot, I'd be like, I, I never, enough. I could never remember where that thing is. But. I guess I did park it over here. And then you start to feel crazy. Yeah. Um, also, like, let's just, let's just reiterate. Ted Bundy is just not that hot. Like, no. I don't, I don't... Especially when he gets arrested in Florida and he's been eating junk food. He looks pudgy. Let me find that picture. Also, this, I'm sorry, he's a reptilian killer. He like, is. That is what is this picture? Yeah, like, horrible. He looks like a dead clown. <laughs> Car- Carol Durant, on the other hand, is a smoke show. She really is. She looks like a, like, hotter Anna Kendrick. Yeah, she does. We're just looking through all the pictures in our book that our listeners can't see. Sorry, yeah, you chose some of them. Sucks later. to be you. The Chi Omega House. Um, I think it's bigger than the sorority house that I lived in, but it definitely looks similar. Yeah, this picture. I'm sorry. No. Oh yeah, that's he has like got like a weird handlebar mustache when going, but like posing, not very good. He was posing as Ken Meisner, and then he told one person, "I'm um, Robert." Um, I, no, I'm Richard Burton. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, why don't you just pick the most famous actor in the world? Is your partner's name Elizabeth Taylor? <laughs> this one, I kind of get it. In 1975, kind of handsome. This also is like a little bit like that. That's like Charles Manson. No. Yes. Yeah, it is. Audrey. We should do a poll of, like, hot or not hot on every picture of Ted Bundy. This long-haired photo, on the other hand. No, that's no bad. thanks. Okay, that, I think that's the next Instagram poll that we're going to do, is just do different pictures of Ted Bundy and say hot or not, and then see what people say. Everyone's going to panic and say not. Listen, vote with your heart, because everybody Be keeps saying, there's no shame, because um, everyone keeps saying, like, he was handsome. And I just don't... I mean, Zac Efron. Zac Efron as Ted Bundy is smoking hot. smoking hot. Um, I, did you see the stories that I posted about him? Oh, no. Oh, I just I just posted them now. Right, before, like, right as you drove in, probably. So I think um, we've talked... Oh, God, yes. Oof. That's him? As Ted Bundy? Yeah, that's him representing himself in court. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Look at that enormous bow tie. Yeah. So exciting. I can't um, wait. Yeah, so well, the only thing about Zach is he's 100% like beefier than Ted should be. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Like he's got like he's got a brand that to uphold. Like he's not going to lose all that muscle mass just to play Ted Bundy. It's not fair. They also have done a pretty good job with Zach Efron's hair. Um like I was looking he at He also like, has the crazy eyes down. Which yes, to he me is. is the most important part. But like yeah. I'm pretty impressed with them, what they're doing in hair and makeup on that movie. I also believe in him as an actor to pull it off. Um, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but he is my cousin and roommate Rachel's number one crush. And she is... I understand that. She is saying she right now 
which I did not expect. Um, she wants to see this movie because Zach is in it and she feels like she needs to support him, especially in this new dramatic endeavor of his. Okay. Um, I did tell her after I finished reading the Chi Omega chapter that I might have to put my foot down and not let her go. Or I said, I feel as though I maybe should see it first. Yeah, I think that's the, that's and, the way to do it. like, I'll go by myself. I, why don't you go with me? Or oh, wait, I, well, it's at Christmas. Yeah. I'm moving um, away, I know. Yeah, so... In denial. <laughs> I am, like, very much in denial that you're... Like, it hasn't hit me yet. It like, it just... Either. It's very... I odd. have too much to do. Yeah. And then once I'm, like, settled in my Boston, like, echoey home... I'll be like, hey, when are you coming over? And then you'll be like, I'm, I'm not... Or, like, do you want to get happy hour this week? Like, what are you up to? <laughs> Audrey, reminder, I moved. Hi, I'm at your I'm at your house to record. <laughs> it's Wednesday at seven. I followed in another family. <laughs> um, I'm living in the walls of your old house. <laughs> um Yeah, so I told her I should probably see it first. Yeah, I think that's Because the way apparently it. it's being told through the lens of the women, like particularly Meg, um, Meg. The Meg character, whose yeah. name is apparently Liz. Yeah, but Anne changed it, which I was like, well, that's about the only kindness you've shown Meg in this book. <laughs> probably Meg, like, her single probably roses Meg didn't from give Ted her Bundy. disclosure. She's like, no, <laughs> Anne. Please don't put me in the book. Cut me out. Um, but yeah, so it's being told through these women. So, but I also feel like they are, people are going to feel cheated if they don't actually show him murdering people. people well i'm just not going to be able to like to picture it until you show it to me mm-hmm. exactly and so my two plans are this either i have to see it first and give her the green light or and then maybe we'll wait until it's on demand and i can fast forward through the parts mm-hmm. that are horrible yep or um i might just say as soon as he gets to florida you're out of the room and i'll tell you when you can come back what like if she'll they, have to go stand in the hall. What if they do it out of chronological order and are, like, doing it, like, weird, like, piecemeal scenes and, like... All of a sudden it's just, like, him with a wooden, like, bark. Bark, Barksville branch. branch. Yeah, no, Jesus I know. Christ. Horrible. I think it's also more, like, like, the violence is also, it's horrible, but it's also, like, the terrifyingness of, like someone creeping into your house which again it's like no we were done with that well i think it's it's the incongruity between his like cool calm collected persona Mm -hmm. and the like extreme rage that he's showing and killing well and that's also like one of the things that my brain likes to like right before i'm falling asleep is like i wonder um what it was like to be one of the women in his car don't wonder that (laughs) you don't and his that. face just changes. It's like that's awful. And then he's able to just like skip back into town. Like, whoop, whoop. just gotta wash my. Well, hands. his roommates are basically like, "Oh yeah, we saw him. He was home. He was normal." Like oh, yeah. right after, right after the sorority house. Yeah, those scruffy band men were like, "Yeah, he came into our room and he was like, oh, the guy's probably long gone by now.' I was like, get out of here, Ted Bundy! How yeah. dare you talk to them?" Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, if this motherfucker got off. I think he was too much of a narcissist to, like, at that point, he was like, I'm probably not going to get away with it, so I might as well just, like, really let them know and then let them study me. 
Because also, doesn't he... I'm sure they'll get into it eventually, but I think he eventually... Um, like, when the Green River Killer starts killing people in Seattle, he, like, helps the police. Or he, like, writes to Anne Rule again or something and is like, um, this is what you should be looking for. Do you want a fun fact about the Green River Killer? Of course I do. Yeah, it also has to do with Anne Rule. You actually might have heard this on My Favorite Murder. Maybe. Um, so Anne Rule wrote the Green River Killer book before he had been caught, I think? Mm -hmm. And she, like, had a bunch of bookstore events and yes. he showed up at every fucking one. Yes. And I so and so there were police officers who were photographing the crowd mm-hmm. and so like he was at they like find found all this evidence that he had been like following it. That is exactly the kind of true crime detail that I live for. Me too. Um and will tell every single person I know. Yeah. And know. nobody's ever I have that book. With it. I got that book for Christmas, the Green River Killer one. I kind of like honestly am more excited about that because I'm not going to have the same irritation that I have with Anne on this case. Because I'm like, I don't have to deal with her being best friends with him. <laughs> I, like, I hope I don't have to deal with her being like, I wrote my good friend Ted about this case. <laughs> like, ugh, I don't, I don't want Ted to be helpful. I don't want to give him any street cred. Just please put him in solitary confinement. Like he deserves. Yeah, don't let him talk about his psychological problems. Even though, God, I just want... Um, Jonathan Groff and Mindhunter to talk to him for like hours. Oh, he same. did with Ed Kemper. God. Same. So interesting. Yeah. Um, also, I just have to say, like Ted Bundy's poetry writing is terrible. He is just like guy in my MFA or guy in your <laughs> MFA who like thinks he's really clever and good at poetry, but he isn't. And how dare he send poems to Meg? How dare he? Like as if. He also, like, his writing in his letters is so effing dramatic. It's like, <laughs> Ted, like... <laughs> I also don't appreciate all the jokes that Anne would put in her letters. Like, <laughs> like when he escaped... When he escaped the first time. And she's like, well, I tried to answer your last letter, but you didn't leave me a forwarding address. Like, this isn't a joke, Anne. This man is in jail for murder. Anne, you should be, like reprimanding him. Yeah, like, Ted, please don't run away. Ted, if you're actually innocent, maybe you should, like, actually stand fucking trial. God. Like, if I was Anne and, like, it's like he had, he's fled multiple times, like, she's like, well, that makes sense. I mean, if he's innocent and he just thinks he's gonna get railroaded by the court system, I'm like, thank you for the immense faith in our justice system, Anne. Yeah. It's like, that That defense is okay from Louise Bundy, his mother. Right. But it is not acceptable from you. A former police officer! What must Mick Mackey think of her? That angel from heaven, who, when he escaped, was like, I'm gonna give you my personal phone number, and if he tries to come near you. I mean, mostly they just thought he would... She was like, I believe that he wouldn't hurt me, and I believe that's true, too. I believe And I literally too. wrote next to that, what power... Because can you imagine, like, being the person that, like, some monster serial killer is like, I just need to talk to you. Well, see, the thing, too, is that I don't actually think he would ever hurt Stephanie, either. Mm-mm. And I don't think he would ever hurt Meg. And I actually don't think he would ever hurt Meg's daughter. That yeah. other girl don't have as much confidence. But I think for oh, him yeah. it was, like, it was the women off, like, on the street that he would see. And, like, I, I think once he knew you, I don't think he would... No. Like, I don't, I don't think that Ted Bundy's the type of, 
predator who would, like, warm his way into your life and then kill you. No. So. Like, I think his whole issue was he felt very threatened by the possibility of what a woman could do to you based on, like, what Stephanie had done. Right. Because I think, like, if he, if his whole thing was, like, truly all about Stephanie, Stephanie would have been toast. Right. But I don't think he would ever have hurt her. No. It would have been, like... Well, um, I also think he he defeated her in the way that he wanted to. mm -hmm. He made her want him, and then he left her. And then he's like, I could take this whole game a little bit further. Yeah. Um, But I think Anne rule to him is, like... Have you seen Silence of the Lambs? Yeah. Okay, I was was about to be like, turn off the podcast, we're watching it now. I love that Um, movie. I think that those women are, like, like, Hannibal Lecter to Clarice Starling, where, like, Hannibal... You mean, like, Anne is like that. Yeah, Yeah. and, like, some of... And, like, Meg and stuff. And, like, um, where, like, Hannibal would never hurt Clarice. And, in fact, like, when that guy, like, exposes himself to her and, like, throws gross things at her... Right. He whispers under the door until the guy kills himself. Um... Because he didn't care for that rudeness. No, I... But, like, obviously, I don't ever want to meet a serial killer, but I always am struck in that movie by how cool that would be. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I guess the thing about Ted Bundy, though, is that I just don't believe any of that comes from affection. No. Whereas, like, with Hannibal Lecter, like, I think he, like, cares for Clarice. I think that Hannibal respects that she is a she's like very good at her job and she's very competent and he likes intelligence and so like anyone who seems to be intelligent and not just like a machismo FBI guy like because the guys who are guarding him are just like totally power tripping around him all the damn time well and Ted says like something similar about Anne where or like Anne surmises that she thinks it's because like she she can intellectually stimulate him and stuff. I'm like, all right, Anne. It's a little I think, full of yourself. <laughs> the therapist might have said that to her. In fairness to Anne. Whatever. But she was like, yep, that checks out. All right. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I also just don't, like, I think that Anne is just as, like, bowing to his whim though as every mm-hmm. other woman well, she even says all the like, other women is like when he's in jail in utah and meg and sharon are both kind of in his life and she's like i was kind of the other point of, of the our, triangle yeah. yeah of all the women that were keeping up with ted bundy i wonder if because he didn't um, have any women in his life when he was in Florida. That's why he was just, like, rampaging. Maybe. Um, when he was moved to kill down there. Well, I also think, too, that he's had, like, this rage, like, building up yeah. for months. That's probably Cause, cause more he, likely. Because he's not, I mean, he hasn't been killing women in jail. Yeah. So he's just, like, had time to fantasize and fantasize and fantasize, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's like, all right, I'm going to. Yeah. Well, and also, a sorority house is kind of, like, if his big thing is women who, like, he believes are getting a little above themselves, <laughs> um, like, a sorority house would be kind of the ultimate place for that, because it's, like, women who tend to be bright and popular and, you know, 
beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, not to toot my own horn as a sorority yeah, woman. Yeah, you're getting a little bit and rule for us. <laughs> um, but definitely, you know, women who, like, for whatever the sorority reputation is, like, tend to be ambitious people. Um, or, like, certainly successful. Like, if you look at, you know, successful people, a lot of times they are or were involved in Greek life. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, so he definitely would target No, I mean, I think... Sorority women. I think it's... It's also a pretty easy target for him. Yeah. And I think he also, like, is going back to when he, like, like had first felt this rejection, which was in college. Mm-hmm. And so college women, I think, have a, have a place in his... Yeah, because they're heart. not... Like, he never killed any women who were, like, established in their careers and objectively successful. Like, in the this fall... Never that, they were always too young. I mean, yeah. they were, like... Well, they, like, they were, like, women on the verge, basically. Yeah. It was, like, women who were ambitious and had a lot going for them, and, like, that was what he hated. Whereas, like, in the fall, his, like, main target would be, like, young professional women. Where it was like, he always targeted women who were like lawyers or like really like top like kind of um, really like top in their field despite their age, yeah. and they lived alone. Ugh, Ted. All right. Well, I suppose next week will be his trial. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for his like his outburst. I which, think. like, which like it's, like, funny that we're waiting for one big outburst because in the Charles Manson trial it was, like, every day is an <laughs> outburst. So. And they would remove him from court and he'd just shout in the other room. <laughs> Jesus. He'd just leap from his, like, seat, which like, that was 100 like, feet. <laughs> Charles Manson and Ted Bundy have something in common. Just, like, a supernatural leaping. Did Ted Ted leap? leapt out a window. Oh, yeah. And then, like. Well. He also, he like, hurt his again. ankle. Yeah, but got up again. Charles Manson, I don't think he would have hurt his ankle. He would have, like, landed cat-like, <laughs> you know? I did recently hear a story. I think it was in um, a My Favorite Murder, uh, like, write-in episode, and one of the minisodes, and somebody had written in that they were, like, a jailhouse dentist or something. Oh, my God. Like, in the jail where um, Charles Manson was, and he, like, tried to give her a nickname. Like, Charles Manson did? Yeah, and he'd be like, can I call, I, I think I'm, I'm gonna call you Daisy, or like something like no! that. No! Like, no! And then when he would see her, he'd be like, hey, Daisy. Charles, like, he's still up to his old tricks. Family's over. <laughs> like, you're done. You're done. Um, also, on a Charles Manson note, um, I did start Aquarius. I watched the first episode. Mm. I think I'm really gonna like it. I, I, know I you feel didn't like I like need it. to give it another chance because when it came out, I was, as I recall, I was close to the height of my like. I'm really interested in the Mansons, and so it wasn't fully what I had wanted. It wasn't about the murders. Yes. Yeah. So I will give it another chance. David Duchovny is as <clears throat> hot as ever. I watched it with <laughs> Brennan on the plane back from uh, Europe and. Um, like, I just kept, like, nudging him and being like, David, like, <laughs> look at him go. Because in law enforcement. But, like, he's, like, he definitely, like, roughs people up and stuff. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> because it's always, like, like, uh, like the, 
popular jock who like didn't protect his girlfriend at the party and just was like getting a blowjob from a, from Sadie I'm pretty sure instead because like that was their plan to like kidnap this girl they like mm-hmm. have anyway um like David Duchovny like beats him up in a men's restroom I'm sure. like all right deserved <laughs> as he deserves whatever also, you need to do to get the job done sir I just love David Duchovny <laughs> like <sighs> I don't want to because he's a sex addict, but, like, he also was in um, Sex in the City recently, and I was just like, God, that man is so attractive. <laughs> and he plays a man in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. But he wears Lacoste polos and, like, has a great haircut. Yeah. What are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm just going to try to separate the man from the character. Yeah. I also don't believe that he's actually a sex addict. I just think he's a bad husband. I don't want to belittle addiction, but I have a hard time believing in sex addiction. I believe sex addiction is a thing. I just also believe that Hollywood exploits that term yes. to cover for people who cheat on their wives. Yeah. It's like a serial cheater, and he's like, I'm just, like, addicted to sex. It's like, no, you're just You just an like asshole. sex. No. <laughs> no, you just are not really good at monogamy. <laughs> yeah. You just got a little too big for your britches and, like, don't think the rules apply to you. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods. I also do not believe Tiger Woods oh, is a sex addict. Oh, he's certainly not a sex addict. But I will say he played some good golf when he was doing some personally amoral things. I could not care less about golf. <laughs> My dad, like, whenever Tiger's doing poorly, he's like, he must not be dating any cocktail waitresses right now. Like, there's just... He's Pete. just not doing well. Uh, <clears throat> Alright. Well, I think this is our last episode that we're going to record in person together. I know, for the foreseeable future. It's very odd. That's, the next time that we record, it's going to be, we're going to be in different rooms. Yeah, it's probably going to be sh- a shaky road with the microphone. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel! Be quiet. I'll be shushing, I'll be yelling at Brendan to be quiet. <laughs> Um, because you won't have a downstairs to hide in. He'll be in his office, yeah. which is like on the same level as me. Yeah. It's fine. It'll be a different world. It is. My center room has a door. It's going to be fine. Yeah. I guess I could go into my own windowless room. I don't want you in there. <laughs> I did just recently buy some nice, um, you know, they make those little like string lights that look like they have little, um, paper lanterns on them. Yeah. I bought some of those That's to hang nice. over my bed. That's lovely. It is lovely. It does give it a um, their teal, and so I left them on, and I was looking in my room, and I, for a second, I was like, I'm sorry, like, is an alien abduction <laughs> going on in there? <laughs> well, you would hope that there was, because then maybe David Duchovny would come and Ooh, save yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And Jillian Anderson. Yeah. I mean, mostly Jillian Anderson would save you, and David Duchovny would be there for comic relief and, <laughs> and hey, attractiveness. <laughs> which, you know, that's how I like, like a man. Which, if we can address something that I saw you tweeted about, and I also responded to a tweet about, that it was like a CBS article <laughs> of, like, millennial women have anxiety about out-earning their husbands and boyfriends. Nope. We just don't, though. Like, I just, like, I think, honestly, millennials... I prefer it. Millennials are having such a hard time paying the exponential rent prices that we couldn't care less where the money is coming from. (laughs) Like, we just want to be able to pay it together. Yeah. I also don't think millennial men care. No, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, are you successful? That sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm just trying. I mean, to I'm sure there are there art. are definitely some bad apples. Yeah. Well, I think that there are also like a lot of men who are like, I'm just not ambitious, and if you want to be ambitious, I'm great with that. Yeah. Your Steves from oh, Sex and the City. Love, if you will. Which is a great, um, I mean, great way to be. But I do think that we haven't fully, like, for as much as we've empowered women, I don't know that we've moved enough to, like, allow men, or, like, for men to feel like they can empower women without feeling personally diminished. I also think that everything changes once children are introduced. Then I think still the stigma definitely exists of, like, women should be primary caretakers 100%. and like like all of that is still there so but but I don't think that it's because millennial women are afraid of out earning their husbands I don't think no. that they care about that also um we're not really looking for husbands typically until like our 30s <laughs> true except for you. <laughs> well except for me um, except for me the um the child know. bride I mean I do go to like two wedding friend weddings a year so you're definitely not an outlier I'm an outlier in my friend. I'm the only person I know that's gotten married in our friend group besides Matt. And Matt's older than me. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, but I think Matt and Nora got married when they were technically younger than you were. Because they've been married for five years. But Matt Matt was in the Navy. Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever I hear anyone got married in their early 20s, I'm like, Navy or Mormon? (laughs) Yeah. Or like, Army or Mormon? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And if it's neither, I'm like, intriguing. <laughs> or pregnant? Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, well, I guess I guess that's it for a while. I know. I mean, I'll, I'll, we can record next week, but, like, for, for us to be in the same room, until yeah. til I visit or you visit. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, signing off. Yeah. Bye. Bye.